0: everyone, I'm Janine, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and you're listening to Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Dimitri Martin. He's gonna chat about the importance of music and career and stage performance, why he took on the role for host at the Nam Tech Awards coming up January 27th, and his career in film, As a writer, he has a book out called This is a Book. And he also started his career working on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. And he was a regular performer on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Here we go. My pleasure. Welcome to this week's show, Dimitri Martin. Hey, Dimitri. Hi. Thanks so much for calling in. I want to back up before we get into the Nam Tech Awards, which I know you're going to be hosting. Tell me, how did you get into comedy and being a comedy writer?
1: Well, I went to New York for law school straight out of college. And this was back in 95. Yeah, it was the fall of 95. I got to New York. And um, when I got to New York, I remember thinking for whatever reason, I'd love to try stand up at least once before I leave New York.
0: Yeah. And
1: I did the first year of law school and learned quickly that i was a mistake. I didn't wasn't a good fit. I you know, my grades were fine or whatever, but I just right. wasn't excited about it. I was already dreading the future that seemed to be waiting for me. So yeah. that still didn't that wasn't enough. I still went back for the second year of law school. <laughs> but then by the time the second year, by the time I got to the spring of the second year, I decided after reading a bunch of kind of self-help books and daydreaming about <laughs> you know, what I could do with my life. Mhm. I decided, yeah, I want to be a stand-up comedian, cool. and luckily I was in New York City. So perfect. I, I, left school after that year, and I that summer I finally got on stage. There were two comedy clubs right by my law school. One of them's still there. It's the Comedy Cellar, which is
0: pretty famous. Oh yeah, famous, yeah, I don't the know. On Google
1: Street in the Village. Mm-hmm. So, so I, my school was right by a couple comedy clubs, and I finally got the nerve up and tried it. And after my first set, I realized, cool, I found what I want to do here. Um, nice. Of course, I had to figure out a way to make a living doing it, so that took a while.
0: Oh, yeah, that
1: was it. did you
0: have uh the knack for stand up like did you were there certain comedians that you studied that you were you know that would helped you so much?
1: My favorite comedian um, who I discovered in high school was Stephen Wright, and I still love stephen Wright and um yeah, I think I'd say he was the reason that I wanted to try stand up at that time. There was a lot of stand-up comedy on TV in the 80s when I was growing up. And there weren't no, there were that many stand-up specials the way there are today, but there were, you know, on HBO, there were, you know, some of the bigger, like George Carlin had a series of HBO specials and Dennis Miller, you know, um, yeah. people like that. But not like now, right, with Comedy Central oh, and now Netflix and everything. But, so, but at that time, it was like, you know, an evening at the in, evening at the improv, Caroline's Comedy Hour, MTV Half Hour, Comedy yeah. Hour. And I would see these comics. But somewhere along the way, I saw Stephen Wright. And to me, he was just so different. And it was, you know, at the time, I don't know if I was thinking this way, but it was so economical. And the jokes were, to me, so surprising and hard to predict and yes. surreal. It was, I guess, you know, that again, I didn't know the terms, but just a deadpan, dry quality to his yeah. comedy. Yeah, no, I love that. Stephen Wright and, yeah, and Gary Larson was a big influence for me, just the far side. Mm-hmm. I, again, it was just different than other cartoons. There's something about it that really spoke to me. So, um, yeah, I'd say that later gave me the idea that I could maybe do it, even though it wasn't a yeah right. I, I didn't dream of being a comedian and I wasn't like a class clown or anything but yeah. when I finally tried it I started with jokes my first night I told like you know 12 one liners <laughs> and then you were hooked I was yeah it was great my first night I did pretty well the second night I bombed I booked it so I do two nights in a row oh, no. and after the first night I felt confident I thought oh my god I can do this yeah. I'm a comedian oh my god and then the second night I went up with the same material and Died. Ooh. I mean, just nothing at any time. It was really, conf- I remember being confused. I was upset, but I was kind of confused because I thought, well, those were funny last night. I mean, yeah. I didn't change anything. This is crazy. Like, what happened?
0: So let me ask you this. The name of my show is Get the Funk Out, and doing what you're doing has so many ups and downs. How did you keep, decide to keep going?
1: Well, I think I was. I guess driven because that that I was lucky enough to have even one good set there. So I felt like I had a glimpse of what it might be like if you are a successful comic. Yeah. And I think along the way, I I you know, I'm a big reader, and I think having kind of a steady diet of different kinds of books about, I don't know, following your dreams or resilience. I mean some of again some of it was like self help stuff, even mm-hmm. like reading like the transcendentalist and stuff, but some of this very lyrical poetic content about finding your your calling and that kind of stuff. Yes. That that really helped me feel like, hey, this is um this is something I should pursue and also I should try to maybe redefine what I think success is. Um, I I always got good grades, so I was a good little student, and I could go to this school and that one, you mm-hmm. know, get my test scores and everything. But it was such a, such a much more, sheltered, mm-hmm. linear, path that I was on without realizing it. And then once you, you know, kind of get out into the real world and you're not getting grades or anything. Oh
0: yeah and then if
1: you try something like stand up you don't really you don't get a promotion or right you know it's it's weird it again you're seeking validation mm-hmm. like every 30 seconds from a group of strangers so there is a way to feel like you're doing well but it's it's very external so i think for some for some people if you pursue something like that it forces you maybe to find a way to get validation that's maybe a little more internally grounded or whatever right so yeah for me it was it was this idea hey I I might have to just redefine this idea of of succeeding. Maybe I should give myself a bigger window here. So I do remember thinking, okay, so how long do I do this until I decide I failed or succeeded?
0: Oh, really? Because
1: I was just a few months in. And I thought, well, it's going to take a while. So do I give myself a year, maybe 10 years? I remember thinking, well, a lot of people said, you know, you you don't – it takes 10 years to really find your voice as a comic. It's a long so like, time. like, is it was 10 years? And then at some point I thought, well, hey, why don't I just push it to death? Why don't I not worry about it? And we'll just, uh, okay. we'll just worry about it every time. Then <laughs> I'll be dead. It won't matter, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of what I did. And I said, yeah, I just want to do this. So All right. Not worry too much about it.
0: You have an, a comedy album called These Are Jokes, and you have a book called um, This Is a Book. Do You, do you, always, you have this yeah. deadpan kind of, you know, unique sense about you. Have you always looked at life like that?
1: I don't know. I think maybe that developed a little bit more when I had a forum. You know, I, I I had an opportunity here to be a comic and to you know it was great to get to write a book. And I thought, geez, what what should I do with this? But I do like, I guess you call them kind of generic things. Yes. Um, like I love I love things that are simple or kind of understated. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking the other day how like subtlety has never been that popular and of course that makes sense yes because it's subtlety but it's it's still something that I I, again to bring it back to somebody like Stephen Wright or some of the New Yorker cartoons that I've loved over the years where there's no caption you know and you just have to do a little bit of work as the reader
0: oh yeah
1: or the listener um that's always to me been very validating and and I don't know why I identify with that a lot
0: I saw something. I want to touch on the fact you're going to be hosting the NAMM Tech Awards, and you were describing yourself yeah. as like a non-musical person. And I thought, you know, here's a guy. He doesn't. You don't rock out on the guitar. I'm assuming, right? Like, do you do you have any musical, you know, talents? Yeah,
1: I. Maybe you do. I play guitar, but I I don't have um. I don't I don't I can't do that much. Okay. You know, and I can play the piano a little bit, but again, I I, I can fiddle around and I can fake it, and I can. I can play the guitar and talk at the same time, which Mm
0: -hmm. is kind of cool. You know, I can,
1: I can finger pick and stuff, but if you put me next to a real musician, it's not even close. (laughs) Like, well, that guy's, I'm a, I'm like a hobbyist. You know, I get to like kind of shoehorn it into my comedy a little bit. And I think it actually works for what I do because there's a certain rhythm and you know, can, it can score what you're saying, which Mm -hmm. is kind of nice. You can score your own jokes, but, um, I don't think anyone is going to come to see me play anytime soon that that's not really, so
0: they don't think you're playing at the Nam me. Tech Awards. And um, how did you get the gig? I don't
1: think so, but I, I got to <laughs> talk to the producers. I, I'm not sure what everybody has in mind, yeah because I you know I do in my, I do it in my act, but if I do play yeah. i'll I'll certainly be apologizing to that audience <laughs> cause that's, that takes some some guts there to go up in front of those folks
0: so t- tell me what uh, attracted you to this gig, the Nam Tech Awards hosting it.
1: Well, it was cool. I I don't have a lot of experience hosting things, Mm -hmm. award shows or anything like that. And the opportunity came up. They reached out to my agent and said, hey, what do you want to host it? And I looked into what it was and everything. And I thought, hey, I think this would be cool because it's a rare opportunity as a grown-up that you get to participate in something that you don't... It's not my world. I don't don't know a lot about that kind of little... Not little, but that domain.
0: Right. You know what I mean? So
1: I'm like... I certainly benefit from it, and I, I use a lot of the technologies that people have developed over the years, but I'm not mm-hmm. in that community. So I thought, yeah, this would be cool. I'd, I'd love to go and participate and kind of visit.
0: It's going to be great. It's a little re- bit of comedy. Yeah, it's a yeah. really exciting event. Um, I want to mention to listeners, the NAMTECH Awards are coming up January 27th. What would you like listeners to know about you? Hmm. Besides the fact you have brown hair and allergic to peanuts. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know if, if they need to know much more. I'm, I'm a comic, and mm-hmm. uh, I I've done a couple. I've I've written a few books, and I guess I drew two of them. They're they're like more cartoon books.
0: Oh, I saw and, that online. Um, I love that. I saw that on Facebook.
1: Yeah, they just I, I I like drawing a lot, so I I got this deal where I could just put a bunch of them in a book. It's not going to change the world, but it's it's cool that it exists, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I want to make films I'm trying to you know i directed a movie and i'm hoping to do more of that but nothing nothing too crazy just uh i have a certain sensibility and i try to apply it to different things and when it works out it's great because i can feed my family and yeah. i don't have to have a real job so
0: right nice and i did see a clip of that film um could you talk about that a little bit the, the latest film
1: sure yeah it's called dean um it's a small independent film um fiction but autobiographical Mm -hmm. and it's about a father and son who are about a year out of losing mom so my character's mom has passed away Mm -hmm. and it's the father and son just trying to come out of grief but it's a comedy so for me it was a step into something a little bit um, I guess you'd say more advanced than one liners Do you hear the band in the
0: background? Sorry about that
1: Oh, that's cool. You get a that's live fun. band. I, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's cool. Kevin Klein plays my dad in the movie, and um, um, it was it was a really challenging but rewarding experience. I'm, I love movies, and I'm a big movie fan from when I was a kid, so it was exciting to get to make one, even if it was a small, independent film.
0: Very cool. Where can people find out more about you?
1: I have a website. That's myname.com, DimitriMartin.com like every other comedian, mm-hmm. and um, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, kind of against my will, but uh, against your you kind of got to do it, I guess. Um, yeah, that's about it. I, I've, I'm trying to learn how to, to do social media and, and promote my my brand the way everybody does, yeah, but I know.
0: It's, hard. it's pretty exhausting. It's But exhausting. mostly,
1: yeah, I, I'm, I'm out there touring and trying to make books and movies. I oh, have, no, I have a plane going over.
0: Oh, you do? Oh, okay, because I was like, wow, the band, we, we had this live band scheduled, so... I want to ask you one thing and then we'll wrap. For people that are, you know, aspiring to be stand-up comedians, maybe they're getting um, discouraged. Do you have any advice to keep going?
1: Yes. For me, a couple things I learned along the way. Number one was to write everything down. So while that might not seem that relevant to resilience or persistence, I found it really helpful because once I got over myself and stopped worrying about how great or hilarious each idea had to be and I focused more on volume then the game changed for me and it was really about my relationship with my own ideas and my own little body of work and now that I've been doing it 20 years by keeping those notes and ideas even when I felt like geez this is stupid and yeah I'd be so embarrassed if somebody found this notebook this stuff's not funny these are dumb ideas this is not original Um, What I found, the nice surprise was when I'm working on a new project or I get an opportunity to go meet, say, with some studio, and they're like, do you have any animated movie ideas? I can go look at my old notebooks. Very
0: nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in like 2003, I was writing this to be some stand-up joke, but look, there's an idea for a character, and that leads to this idea for a story. So I've found by respecting your own creative process and your own ideas And just being kind of humble enough to not worry about being brilliant, but just trying more to be prolific, you develop your own library of your own ideas that you can pull from and transform and recombine, and then these cool, surprising things happen, where suddenly you get an idea for a short story or a book, or the joke that wasn't funny in 2002, you reread it and you realize, oh, now I get it, and then you can kind of punch up your own joke 10 years later or something. Stuff like that. It's like, I think it's more about developing a body of work. And I find that that's somehow helpful in being resilient and and not worrying too much about the roller coaster that whips you around that you can't control so much. Yeah. Whether you're succeeding or getting a break or not, you can control how much you write.
0: That's great advice. I carry around a notebook, and sometimes I revisit an idea, rework it. You know, the idea I might thought was crap might come up, I might... You know, take off on that idea and build something else. That's great advice. Yeah, that's
1: my experience too. Like, I think it's really valuable.
0: I want to thank you so much for calling in to the show. This has been awesome, and I hope to meet you at the NAMTECH Awards.
1: Great, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. See you there. Awesome,
0: thanks. That was Dimitri Martin calling in to talk about all kinds of things he's been up to, his backstory into comedy. Thankfully, he left law school. Wow, what a talent. And he'll be hosting the Nam Tech Awards coming up uh, January 27th. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. If you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter at moms underscore rock. That's M-O-M-Z underscore rock. And the show blog, Org.